I'd like to turn to what happened on that first Easter morning as Luke tells us in Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse number one. But the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why, why do you seek the living among the dead? And say this together, verse 6. He is not here, but has risen. Say that again. Just a little more ampage, everyone. He is not here. Say it a little louder. He is Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb. They told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. The women that morning were full of courage expectation and they believed what the angel said and they realized that Jesus had risen from the dead. Matthew tells us in the Gospel of Matthew that there was an earthquake. The angel rolled back the stone not to let Jesus out but everyone could see He had gone, he had risen from the dead. When this incredible miracle was spoken to these great apostles, these great men, the Bible says, and there was a group there, the Bible says that they did not believe what the women told them about the miracle. And then the next couple of verses, let's read together, 13, 14, 15, 16. Read it together. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Manus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. The Bible says that 
very day, two of them, two men who had heard, who had been, been aware of the miracle, and yet Cleopas and his friend, rather than embracing the promise, they turn their back and they begin to walk away from Jerusalem, away from all that they believed that was going to happen because they had chosen in that moment not to believe this miracle that the tomb was empty. They were heading the wrong way when Jesus got up on that first Easter and the Bible says that the first thing he did was to chase down two men that had heard but had decided because they hadn't seen it with their eyes, they decided to walk away and allow unbelief to drive them away from where the miracle had happened. As they were walking, the Bible says here, they did not, their eyes were kept from recognizing him and they didn't know he was there. So often in our walk with the Lord, we are not aware that in that circumstance that Jesus is with us at that moment. Somehow we can't figure it out and what is happening to us doesn't seem logical and doesn't seem reasonable and in fact, at the moment, it doesn't even seem right. However, in time, in the future, we look back and we say, oh my goodness, Jesus was there. That relationship that broke my heart was actually God working in that situation so his will would be done in my life. Here in verse 21, still here. Verse 21, it says, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. We had, we had, we had, we had so much hope because we knew Jesus would redeem us. We knew that Jesus Jesus was the person that, that would come and he would come at the right time and, and now it's three days and he's still dead. Our Jesus dream is over. Jesus is dead. So we might as well keep walking and walking and walking and walking because, because the village is ahead of us and we have somehow given up all hope. We have slammed the door on the hope that we had. And now we stumble along 
because somehow our dreams are lost and they didn't recognize that the power of Jesus was available at that moment. They didn't realize the power that was in the resurrection. They didn't realize that this was their day. They didn't realize that Christ had come. Yes, he had died on the cross, but the goal was not the cross only. It was the third day of the resurrection. They didn't get it. They didn't see it. They didn't recognize that Christ was there. In our circumstances, we can live our lives and Jesus be there. And somehow, he, we, we don't recognize him. But he is here this morning. And he's in this place. It's never too late when Jesus shows up. Sometimes, however, we, we ask for a blessing and yet it comes dressed up in a different way. We ask that he would enlarge our trust in him and that answer of that blessing comes and is dressed up as hard times. We ask God for the blessing of patience in our lives. And it comes dressed up as two teenagers in our house. <laughs> or we get married. And it comes dressed up in a marriage. Or for Judy, it was marrying me. <laughs> Sometimes we are saying, Lord, bring, bring the blessing Bring the blessing of strength into my life and it's dressed up in sorrow. And no matter how it's dressed up, we know that Jesus shows up, the blessing just comes in a different way and right now there are blessings that are happening in our lives but they're dressed up in a different configuration and we may not we may not be able to see him today or recognize him like these two these two guys walking 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 to a village they missed it it was over here it was over here and Jesus now chases them down and he goes to them and he said, what's up, guys? <laughs> so, so what are you talking about? Well, you don't understand about Jesus of Nazareth and what is happening. <clears throat> and like, you haven't read the news, have you? And Jesus goes along with them and he begins to talk about the scriptures and begins to talk about the Messiah. It's interesting. This is his first few hours out of the grave. He's not talking to a crowd. And in fact, he initially is not talking to the ones he was closest to, the 11 guys. 
because the 11 guys had slipped off and didn't believe. Because when you believe, there is power and your life is changed in a moment when you believe. Not because you can believe by yourself, but he gives us the ability to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. So Jesus talks, he goes ahead, and as he is walking along, they come to the village. So now we're talking about hours, and the Bible says, listen to this, it says, and the sun's going down. They probably pause for coffee at the coffee shop because it's now almost dark. Jesus is about to leave, and they say, hey, don't leave us. <laughs> Stop over here. Come, come to our house. He said, all right. And the Bible says in verse 30 and 31 that Jesus goes into the house, and he sits at the table. And he takes some bread and he holds up he takes the bread and he first of all blesses it he holds it up to the father and then he breaks it the way that his body had to be broken the way he says here in verse 26 did you not understand that Jesus had to suffer First, before he came into his glory, you didn't understand that. And he broke it, and then the Bible says he, he then gave it to them, and as he was giving it to them, they saw the nails, the prints in his hands. And instantly, at a moment, they believed that Jesus was the Son of God, the risen Savior, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. And immediately, he vanished. That would be scary. <laughs> well, Jesus, I, where'd you go? And he was gone. And... They believed, and immediately now, they get up, and they go to, back to the friends there, and it says here in verse 33, and they arose that same hour, returned to Jerusalem, they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together. Now their face looks different. Because your face looks different when you believe. Your faith, your believing, makes your steps certain because you have decided not to walk away 
but you have decided to walk back to hope. You decide to walk back to a life that makes Jesus recognizable and where he becomes a personal attender of every day of your life, where the resurrected power of Christ is not something that we read only, but the resurrection power of Christ that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4, 5, and 6, that we were dead in our trespasses, and now Christ has made us alive together with Christ. The best description of our sinful past, the Bible says that Sin produces the fruit of death. And that is why we search, we seek to find something to bring us alive. There's a reason why people drink alcohol. There's a reason why people shoot up with heroin. There's a reason why people smoke certain things. There's a reason why we seek and search and look and we try to come alive. Alcohol will make you feel better, but it won't make you come alive because the next morning, anybody have personal experience here? <laughs> Understand, don't raise your hand. But I've heard, people have told me, the next morning, you're not quite as spry as you were the night before because it gave a little lift for the night, but the only thing is you need another lift the next morning. And not only don't you have a lift, you're, you're how's it go? You're, I mean, you're really, you know too much. Okay, so <laughs> why, why, why are we, why, why, why is there drinking and all kinds of things that are going on. It's because we're trying to escape, trying to escape our problems because we can't solve our problems without Christ. And because we can't solve our situation with Christ, and because we are spiritually dead, we have to have an injection of something inside of us. And you can shoot up, you can get drunk, you can sleep around, you can go to the bar at night, you can pick up some person, and it may be like a kicking night, and the only problem is you have to get up the next morning, and it doesn't give you life. Jesus said, you are dead. The Bible says, you are dead. Say that, we're dead. Not that you were okay, you're dead. Dead where? In our hearts, right here, dead, dead. And you may be walking, you're a walking dead person this morning. You look good, got a good car, actually have a good smile. You're dead. You're dead. You need a fix. And Jesus is the fixer. It's a fixer. It's a fixer. 
And Jesus came up with this thing called grace. Not praying it for dinner, but I mean grace. I can't even tell you about grace. It's so powerful. I only know that it saves us from all of our stuff. And we can abandon everything and begin to understand that Easter is not something that happens one day of the year. Easter is an everyday occurrence to those that have the benefit of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He raised us up with him and he has seated us. What does it mean to be raised up? Well, here's all the dead, here's all the death, and he's raised us up, and we've come alive. Come alive. Hallelujah. Come alive. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we are alive. Not hype. Not hype. Hype is strictly emotional. But when you have Jesus, your emotions are affected. Your body is affected. Your life is affected. And you can get up no matter what is happening and you can say, this is a day that God has made. I will rejoice. And I'm going to be glad in it. We have these uh, amazing stories that happen in our congregation here. I got one of Louis Acosta, and I asked him kind of just to give me some of the points, and he said, well, I was a first generation uh, born here of our family in the United States. Said my parents always told me, you need to be successful, you need to uh, get an education. And he said, I got my education, finished dental school, became a doctor, and he said, after that happened, all of a sudden, I had all kinds of money. But no one ever told me how I was to handle success. He said, money, they say, brings happiness, but after years of living in the world, I felt emptier than I have ever, ever felt in my life. The things in the world that once brought me joy stopped. And I started to question where I was in life. And one day I looked in the mirror and I saw myself that I wasn't the person I wanted to be. And Lewis said I was filled with resentment, unforgiveness, depression, broke, brokenness. And finally... As he tried this, tried that, tried this, tried that, he realized something was not right. He said, I, I came into this congregation here in 2011. He sat where we're sitting here this morning. He said, I'd never, I'd never known anything about the Holy Scriptures. He said, I went home and I, I, I started reading, reading the Scriptures and applying them to my life. And he said, one, one weekend, 
as we do in every meeting, we just give people an opportunity to get out of death and darkness to get into the light with Jesus. And that morning, Dr. Louis Acosta did something that was very different from him. It wasn't him. It wasn't a church guy. He walked down this aisle right here, and he stood right here. It seemed like just another simple morning, but he invited Christ into his heart. He embraced what the cross and the resurrection are about because it is about your forgiveness and mine. And only Christ, through the cross and resurrection, can give us a pardon from all the things that we've done in our lives. And he did that. And then he said, year after year, he had to confront temptation and the, the things he had been into that they would kind of try to appear to lure him. But he kept on the right path. And then he said that he was asking the Lord, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. Give me a godly lady. And I remember shaking hands with him. I said, Lewis, she's somewhere here. I know she is. <laughs> About one year ago, Olga, who had come from a similar path, path in Miami, they went out and God brought them together in such a miraculous way that they put Christ at the center of their lives and decided to honor him by make him, making him in charge of everything. And just a couple weeks ago, they were married. And... Uh, That morning, Jesus had a little talk with the devil. And he said to him, Satan, hand over the keys. Now he didn't ask him, he commanded him to turn over the keys of death and hell. At that moment, Satan, or before that, Satan had thought that when Jesus said on the cross, it's finished, that he was defeated and that was it. He didn't understand that it is finished. It meant, Satan, you're finished. You are done. You are done. And he commanded, give me the keys of death and hell according to Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. He commanded him because the enemy had been defeated. And the song that we have sung many times is actually true today again, that the enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. I'm going to lift my voice, as we did this morning, in victory. 
and I'm going to shout your praises loudly. And that is our message today that we are shouting joyfully unto the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now we are not defeated. Jesus did not keep the keys, he gave us the keys. And Matthew 16, 18 says that we have the keys to stop what he's trying to do, to steal from us through the name of Jesus we've been singing about, and we have the keys to unlock and to free the things that belong to us. Hallelujah. The enemy has been defeated. Our foe has been incarcerated in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bondage gives way to freedom. So today, we are free in Christ. And I like this final verse here, verse 36. It says, as they were talking, the two guys here and the other leaders, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. And this morning, he stands among us. He's not sitting, he's standing before us. He's putting his hands over every person in this building. Some that are full of fear and you have lost all hope and you have walked away. Some have not gotten the picture that this is not the thing that will satisfy you. Your degree will not satisfy you while it's important. All of these things will not fill the spiritual emptiness inside. They are all in the physical realm. Only Jesus can fulfill the human need of emptiness inside of us. And you may be here in this room today, and you have been seeking, and you have tried her, and then another person, another girl, and another girl, and then you tried this, and you tried this, and you, you've been drinking all of this, and this selfishness about yourself, and you have somehow become narcissistic, and it's about you, and, and you, and you, and you. And you are miserable. You are miserable because it's not, it's not about us filling the empty place in our hearts with ourselves. I wish I could explain to you this morning adequately that the answer to every dream, the answer <coughs> is for us to open our hearts and say, Jesus, I need you. Stop. Stop trying something else. Don't leave here. Don't leave here today. By saying, without saying, Jesus, you are my hope. Come 
and fill my heart with forgiveness because I can tell you no matter how many dark things you've done, no matter how many dark paths that you have gone in the natural, you ought not, we ought not to have been pardoned. But I want to say this this morning. We do not get what we deserve. We get Jesus. It's a song I always love to sing. It's a song that just says, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just as I am, I come. My mind goes back to being in the Billy Graham Crusades in this city here in the 80s and in the arena here as they sang another Just As I Am and the thousands of people came to Christ because we don't, we don't change ourselves and come to Christ. We come just as we are. Full of self, messed up, hope gone. And Jesus, the risen Christ, looks at us and he says, come on, you're included. You? Oh, come on. You did what? Okay, you can come too. In the back, you did? Oh, you can come too. No matter what we do, Christ says, you come. There are people all over the building this is your day. You're like Louis Acosta walking down the aisle and just saying, I come, I come. I'm so glad that one day it was on a Sunday night in my dad's church. I'd been around the church a lot of years. It was a Sunday night it's 8 o'clock service. It's a young person. I, I knelt, and everybody said, oh, my God, Alex is at the altar. So there was about 10 people around me. But something happened that night. Like you, I was full of myself. But now I want to be full of Jesus. I'm going to ask that no one move for just a couple minutes. But I'm going to ask everyone to stand, please, unless it's an emergency, just for a couple minutes. Everybody stand. No one move, please, just for a minute. You have to come like you are. That's why the cross is about Jesus forgiving us. We didn't earn it. In a moment, I want to give an opportunity for a lot of people, maybe some Alex Clattenbergs, to lift your hand and just saying, pray for me. Today, I want to be forgiven of my sins. Maybe you're a religious person. You're trying to earn it. You need Jesus. Maybe you're a real good person. You need Jesus. So I'm going to count to three. At the end of three, I want you to 
lift your hand, say yes to Christ. One, two, three, lift your hands all over the building. Put them up, put them up, put them up, put them up in the balcony. Yes, 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 yes. We're going to ask every person to get out of your chair and just stand here, and I'd be honored to have a short prayer with you in the balcony all the way down. Please, no one leave for just a couple minutes, please. This is so important because people are coming to Jesus. You come. Balcony, walk down here. Balcony, walk. Come, 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 come. Thank you, Jesus. Come. You come in the balcony. Last row up there. Last row up there. Yes, Justin. Yes, yes, yes. Move up a little bit. Move up a little bit. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. look up for a moment. This is uh, it's the best decision of your life. And don't think about how bad you've been right now. Be focused on how great Jesus is. Because he forgives. Still coming. Look at this. Look at this. Still coming. Still coming. Still coming. Still coming. Still coming. I want us. I want us to sing it one more time because I think there's still some people think you're so bad. You got these thoughts. You feel guilty and condemned. Don't let the devil take your life. You think about what, not what he thinks. Jesus loves me, this I know. And you walk. <clears throat> My goodness, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people still to come. 
Still come. We're going to sing it one more time. You come wherever you are right now. Come, come. Couples, couples. Your girlfriend, boyfriend. Come, come, come. Come right now. Sing it again. Yeah, there's more to come. In that balcony up there. There are more up there. Come, 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 come. Come, come. Yes, there you go, right there. That's it, that's it. Balcony, come, come. Yes. This couple here came, thank you. So what we're going to do is we're going to just pray a prayer. We're going to believe that the Lord is going to come into your heart. And what you feel now is, is the love of Jesus. We're going to pray this prayer and your next step will be to declare opening openly that you belong to Christ and be baptized by immersion. Say, Jesus, take all of me. After our prayer, Pastor Dave is here, and he's going to take you all into the side here just and give you some material. And uh, please don't sit back just for a couple minutes because we walk in community with those that are new to our family. So let's pray this prayer and everyone that is watching online, pray this prayer if you need Jesus. Someone watching, your name is Carla. God is calling you Carla and you're gonna be a missionary. You're gonna be a changer, world changer in the name of Jesus. You didn't come, pray this prayer and I'd like every one of us to say this loudly, Jesus. Jesus. I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, you're in the family. Can I ask all of you, just go for a second.